This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham in London and Trader Nick in the United States. Good afternoon from London, Nick. How are you doing? Hey, Johnny. Hey, Craig. Hi, Johnny. Let's start with the latest PCE numbers, which came out earlier today in the United States. And uh, Nick, they are as expected. They are. And we were talking about this just briefly before the episode got rolling here. Um, it's, an, it's been interesting last several days. We've had a lot of economic data, which is preceding a, another week next week of even more economic data, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about in a moment. But yeah, we got PC numbers here today. They came in line. Um, the market's reaction was not anything spectacular. We didn't really see a big push either ways, as you might expect. You know, We often mention for people who are newer to this sort of stuff and trying to understand why a big spike may or may not have happened, it's just like the news, right? If everybody's turning on TV, it's probably because something shocking happened. Well, today's news was not very shocking, so it didn't really move the markets all that much. We saw a mixed reaction from the dollar. We saw stock indices down initially, then back up. Kind of a mixed bag there. Gold is all over the place. I guess what it kind of does, at least in in my view of how this shapes up, is it kind of just recedes back to looking at what we've been given recently out of market data. We saw the advanced GDP number, which came out hotter than expected, though there were some inflationary components that looked good. I guess the market kind of liked that. So we saw a mixed sort of reaction to advanced GDP since we've last been on the podcast. So a lot of market data, PMIs were hot out of the US and UK. You know, Just looking back, we've had overall a pretty strong uh, list of data out of the United States. But where the debate lies is in the inflation section, because of course, the market is looking ahead to this March rate cut uh, idea, whether it's going to happen or whether it's not going to happen. And we were looking at this moments before the podcast is about a 50-50 shot at the time of recording on whether or not they rate cut or whether or not they do not. Again, some really good economic data in there, uh, but also seeing some inflationary cooling. So it's still very up for debate. And I'd like to ask Craig what his thoughts are on this, because I think we actually kind of have not necessarily opposing views, but we have two different sides of this. So Craig, what do you think with the March rate cut idea? um, What do you think markets are going to be looking for in order to get it? Well, I think, uh, as you alluded to, there's, there is two ways of looking at this. There's the You can look at the demand side, which is going to be a concern for policymakers because they're concerned about forward-looking inflation and whether inflationary pressures could bounce back. And I think the demand side may have been less of a concern over the last decade because despite strong demand, we were still seeing very low levels of inflation. In fact, the central bank could not hit its target no matter how hard it's tried. So the thought of strong demand was not seen as a, a risk to I- inflation. But we've now just undergone two years where prices have been rising, people have kept spending, and therefore if demand is strong, companies may be more willing than they were over the last decade before that to actually increase prices, knowing it's probably not going to uh, affect people's purchasing choices quite as much. So that is something that is going to be a concern to the Fed, but I'm probably of the view that ultimately inflation is what matters and the Fed doesn't want to keep interest rates needlessly above 5% just in case inflation does bounce higher. The last couple of inflation readings we've had, particularly on the PCE side, have been really low. We've had 0.1% for November, 0.2% for December. If that can be repeated again for January, that's three consecutive months where we've had monthly inflation data more than consistent with 2% inflation, at which point why would the Fed, in my view, 
seek to keep interest rates where they are. That's not going to come in time, I don't think, for the meeting next week. But what they could do is strongly influence their projections in March and therefore influence the outcome of the meeting in March and enable them to cut rates. And I guess the final point on this is something we touched on in the podcast before. The Fed has two choices. It can either start moving now and do so slowly, even with one a quarter, and really take its time uh, with the seizing process, or it can wait a few months, realize it should have moved earlier, see inflation looking to undershoot its target, and have to cut rates more aggressively around the US election, which I think absolutely doesn't want to do, especially as it now looks like Donald Trump is going to be involved in that election. And we know that he's not shy to pull punches when it comes to the Federal Reserve, and he'd be the first person to suggest that they're interfering politically. And therefore, for me, it just makes a lot more sense if we get another good inflation reading next month for the Fed armed with new projections to announce that rate cut in March. And it could then even wait till June. It's not in too big a rush, but it's signaled its intentions and it's acting on the data. But I do think, as you've alluded to, that strong demand function is going to make certain policymakers uneasy. And I don't think it may even be a case where it's not a unanimous decision. Yeah, I think that's the key thing there too is, um, you know, you you could talk about this from a couple different angles. You can talk about it from the bond market perspective, which yields have been recently on the rise. And again, the pointer there is that we've had a lot of strong economic data. You make a good point there. And that's that's the thing here. That's probably why there's a good kind of 50-50, at least according to the, the bonds market, what's going to happen in March. Um, what I think is interesting is that with all of this strong economic data, I guess the Fed, they have a job to do, right? They want to keep uh, employment and they want to keep inflation at healthy levels. The question is, is there a risk if they cut or if they hold? Uh, and, and where is the risk greater? At the end of the day, that's that's kind of what they're trying to get after. And with all this strong economic data, the idea of rate cutting, if they cut too soon, you could push back and say, well, does that reintroduce the problem of inflation? If they cut and the economy is already roaring and then you get rate cuts that the market likes even more, does that push back the inflation problem and, and that does that reopen that can of worms that we saw for much of 2022 and 2023? So I think it's an interesting scenario. The question really is, is the risk in cutting too soon or waiting too long to cut? And again, that's where we will bounce back on that. Next week, we do have NFP, which will be a really key metric to look at because it'll show us the job side of things. We did get claims yesterday, which were a little bit disappointing. We saw uh, more people filing for unemployment, but you still look at the overall picture and the jobs market is really, really strong. And um, you mentioned the demand side versus the supply side with the COVID side of things. There was this whole uh, idea of you know inflation is being caused because there's this massive demand. And now it seems like there's some argument to be made that a lot of that inflation was supply side because of um, you know shortage of, of you know things out there in the market created price uh, price rises. So now we still see this economy that's that's overall very strong, and it'll be very interesting to see where the Fed is with that. Again, January 31st, we hear from Jerome Powell should be really interesting. And of course, over here on this side of the pond, Nick and Craig, we heard yesterday from Jerome Powell's counterpart, Christine Lagarde, ECB president, after the uh, ECB held interest rates steady. I think the consensus is that the bank says it's too premature to discuss rate cuts and it's going to be data dependent. So we've had various amounts of data from uh, your side of the pond, Nick, and uh, we, we await ours as well. But I would imagine the US is going to be the first to cut rates whenever that happens. 
Yeah, and and I think that that will be uh, an interesting thing to watch out for. You had PMI numbers out of the UK, which were hotter than expected. So there's still a lot of data to look out for in determining which area is going to cut first. And on the last podcast episode, we just talked about how important it is to the currency world and watching that close, who's going to rate cut first. So I think next week, we really will get some clarity because we've got Jerome Powell, like I said, um, speaking. We also have jobs numbers. And so by watching the U.S. data, we might get a little bit of a read on what this side of the Atlantic is thinking about whether or not that rate cut is coming. So again, I think markets are going to really pay attention to what Jerome Powell says, if he's going to kind of back up uh, a little bit on the dovish tone that he's had, or if he's going to stay the course. It'll be really interesting to see. And um, again, as you mentioned, on the EU front and UK front, they kind of listen to each other. What one central bank says, the others are looking at and, and vice versa. So definitely interesting stuff there. What's interesting, I was thinking while you were talking there, there are big differences between the United States economy, the UK and the European economy. When we think of rates, particularly over here, we have a very sensitive mortgage market in the UK, people very dependent on mortgage rates to go down. Otherwise, we might see a proper housing crash. So Craig, it's not really the same, is it, over here to the United States when you think about some of these central bank decisions coming up? No, it's not. But I mean, I guess the central banks take their decisions on the basis of inflation and inflation prospects and that alone. That's why they're independent. That's the only thing that they have to think about. It's their only mandate. In some cases, they got an employment mandate, but that's somewhat linked to inflation. Again, at the end of the day, if unemployment starts to spike, then inflation will probably come down. And if employment becomes too tight, then inflation, uh, in theory, will go up. So it, it's all linked. Uh, but ultimately, what the Fed's focused on right now is Inflation is now basically running at target on a monthly basis. In the euro area, we're not too far from that as well. And inflation data may show we're much closer again, which may enable a March rate cut, even if the ECB yesterday was at pains to admit that uh, a rate cut could even be discussed at the next meeting. They're still looking at the summer. Bank of England, we've got new projections that I think will fall more in line with expectations in the markets, but I don't think they're in any way willing to uh, accept that rate cuts are even up for debate at this point in time. I do think we're looking at the second quarter, and I don't even think that's going to be up for discussion as far as the February meeting's concerned, and they're certainly not going to allude to it so much then. What we want to see from Bank of England next week is better projections, and that is what we'll get, I think. Nick, you mentioned the non-farm payroll figures. If they are above expectations, then the chances of a rate cut in March, bearing in mind we'll only have one more non-farm payroll to go, will be significantly lower. Yes. And also one thing that I'll be looking out for in the uh, jobs report is one of the more inflationary metrics, which is the wage growth. Um, are we going to see you know wages continue to grow at a fast rate? You know, These things are kind of in line with that inflation story. It will be interesting to see because, again, Craig is is pointing out that there is a scenario in which case the Fed cuts because the inflation component is looking okay, regardless whether or not the economy is looking strong. You know, there is that that case to be made. You know, the economy can do well while inflation is cooling. We're starting to see that really play out in the data. But again, uh, today's number was in line with the PCE. Next week, we do have you know statements from Jerome Powell, and we have jobs data on Friday. Um, again, what I'll be looking for is the wage growth component, but also you know if you're somebody who is looking for rate cuts to come into play, you probably want that jobs number to just not be threatening, right? Threatening being really hot, right? As long as it's in line or or relatively okay or strong. 
that's probably not too threatening to the story. It's just you don't want to see like a really hot print, which we've covered in the past where you get these really strong prints and suddenly it dramatically increases you know, the chance of a, of a more hawkish sounding Fed or at least a very uh, less dovish sounding. So that's what I'll be looking out for in the jobs number next week. Very interesting, Nick. We look forward to next Friday. And of course, we'll speak to both of you on Wednesday as well. Both have very good weekends. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. Enjoy the weekend. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.